if the nation can issue a dollar bond, it can issue a dollar bill. The element that makes the bond good makes the bill good also. The difference between the bond and the bill is that the bond lets the money broker collect twice the amount of the bond and interest. Whereas the currency, the honest sort provided by the Constitution, pays nobody but those who contribute, con contribute in some useful way. It is absurd to say our country can issue bonds and cannot issue currency. Both are promises to pay, but one fattens the usurer and the other helps the people. That quote I had read was from Thomas Edison. Welcome to a new episode of Against the Fed. I am your host, Victor E. Cooper. I want to touch on a bit, once again, on the history of our banking system. When the colonies came here to these shores <coughs> on this land, also known as Turtle Island, by the Aboriginal people, by my ancestors. A government that caused the Trail of Tears, that um, caused a whole lot of upheaval, mass incarceration of my people which actually is later, I think. But in the enslavement of my ancestors, things of this nature. When these colonies came here, these 13 colonies, which I think is Masonic. My 13 colonies. They didn't have any money. The 13 colonies did not have any money. In the form of gold, silver, copper. Gold and silver was scarce, to my knowledge. It was scarce. And thus the colonial governments, which were subjected to Parliament of Great Britain, The colonial governments decided to create their own money, their own fiat, their own paper money. And this usurping institution 
were prosperous. They were very prosperous. Commerce was going on within the colonies. Benjamin Franklin happened to be visiting England. I think he had two or three trips. I don't remember what I had read, but he happened to be visiting England and he was asked by whom I don't recall right now, but more maybe it was a government official, parliamentary official or banker or merchant of some sort. He, he was asked why the colonies were prospering. How, 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 why was it that they was prospering so without money? Right? And Benjamin Franklin, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, he had said, it is simple. We create our own money in its proper proportions so that trade can go on. And said we, and he said, I remember reading, he said, and we owe no interest to anyone. So if he didn't if the colonies, the people of the colonies did not owe any interest on their colonial script as it was called, also called bills of credit, then that means that the prevent the that excuse me, that the colonial governments were granting or giving the money to the people free of charge. Although if too much money was circulating they were taxed out of it, but they got the money for free to bring about commerce and trade. When worry got wind, when this, when the, excuse me, when the merchants and the money lenders, namely like the Rothschilds of Europe, got wind of this, When they got wind of this, they they petitioned Parliament, and I can you can only imagine what they were saying. Hey, look, we cannot let these colonies get away from us, right? We cannot allow them to have their own money. We got they got to use our money here in Europe. So Parliament, because of the pressure placed on them by the financial uh, influence, Parliament had issued a couple of currency acts. I believe one was the Currency Act of 1751. There's another one I don't remember. I think it was 1760-something or 63. I don't remember right now. These currency acts prohibited the colonies for creating their own money. 
How dare you people? We can't let you people get free. You belong to us. You're, you're our peons, right? Because of these two currency acts, the American Revolution had happened. According to Benjamin Franklin, it was the prime reason for the American Revolution. Not just this taxation without representation, Boston Tea Party nonsense that we have been taught in school here in America. So why would our school system hide the fact that the prime reason for the American Revolution was that the colonies could not create their own money. Also known as bills, bills of credit or, or uh, colonial script. Why did our educational, compulsory educational system hide this pertinent fact, this essential fact Right? Why? Is it not obvious? John Adams, uh, I should look up his quote right fast. He says that American citizenry, and I'm paraphrasing, is ignorant of the nature of coin and credit. Now, we know how to spend money. But we do not understand the manipulation of the money supplied by central bankers, right, who monopolize the issuance of coin, excuse me, well, yeah, coin, well, more so money and credit. When we understand the money supply, how it's manipulated, how it's expanded by central banks, how it is contracted by central banks, both situations are detrimental, are injurious to any society, whether it's America, whether it's Zimbabwe, whether it's Venezuela, whether it's Yugoslavia that doesn't exist anymore, who had an inflation rate as high as 14 trillion percent. When we understand the manipulation of the money supply, how it injures us, whether you expand it or contract it, like uh, Andrew Jackson has said, when, when the American people wake up to this money system, there will be a revolution before tomorrow morning. President Andrew Jackson, the only president that that paid off the national debt, and he called this banking system vipers, the den of thieves. Right? The manipulation of the money supply. 
And what is this money supply? What is the supply of money? What is the money stock? It is a total volume of currency within the public's hand at a given point in time. It can be expanded. It can be contracted. Both situations and circumstances injures society. Money should be free. at least created by our own government. At least created, as suggested by Thomas Edison. He said, it is, if, if the United States can create a dollar bond, talking about treasury securities, then the United States can, can create a, a dollar bill. Those things that we borrow from the central bank that create out of thin air. And that loan it to us at a price called interest. Our entire money supply is borrowed into circulation. And because of that, Common sense dictate that we have to continue to borrow money to stay afloat. A corporation, a business has to continue to issue commercial paper to meet their payroll. Why? Because there is not enough money in circulation to meet their debt obligation based on interest. Only the principal is circulating within the economy. There is no interest money. There's no such thing as interest money. And the fact that we have to pay this money back that a central bank had created out of thin air, knowing that fact, common sense dictate that our money supply contracts by default. Because we got to pay the money back. And if we pay our entire money supply back to the central bank, there would be no money in circulation. And we will yet be in debt because of the interest charge. Why are we doing ourselves like this? As a nation. Some of me feel that it's karmic retribution against the colonizer that came to this soil my ancestors soil enslaved us sent us through Jim Crow lynched us mass incarceration police brutality these people are yet in some type of debt bondage. Or are they really? I need a, I need a, maybe I need a broader view of history. Why would the government sell the people out like that? In a system of peonage, a usury system, a system of exploitation. So subtle, 
so subtle that it's unrecognizable. You think that uh, that this this is the way things ought to be. Work at nine to five, eight to six. Excuse me, eight to four. Uh, seven to three, six to two. Eight hours a day, some of us more than that, on a daily basis, striving to survive. Striving and surviving and not thriving. And we think this is the way it's supposed to be. When you when you look at history, look at the history of the economies of 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 of, of history, that humanity has not worked, labored as such. To some extent, just even though there was slavery, different parts of the world, and yet it is slavery. But I think this is the worst form of enslavement. There is no rest here in America. There's no rest here in America. From from the early colonial period to around, uh, I would say, uh, I want to say 1913, but I want to <clears throat> uh, discuss that after the American Revolution, which, in my view, America did not win. I read in the book, Web of Debt, in this lawyer's book, she had said that uh, the name, the one, the, the name of the lawyer is uh, Ellen Brown. In one of her chapters, she had said she had written, published rather, that there are three uh, avenues of war. One, which is another psyop, is religious war. Then you got your conventional war, shoot them up, bang, bang. What what does that accomplish? <laughs> right. And then you have the war with the pen, pen and ink. Debt, debt wars, placing people in debt, economic warfare. All three have one aim, and that is control. After the American Revolution, which the Americans did not win, they might have won a physical battle, seemingly. Maybe, maybe the British was told, hey, let them have the land. We're going to control it with money. We're going to control these poor slides with money. And that's what happened. The first central bank of the United States had been set up around uh, 1792. That's when um, a currency, a coinage act, excuse me, not currency, coinage act of 1792 had been uh, promulgated 
which uh, regulated what money is, what a dollar is, what an eagle is. An eagle is what, ten, $10 piece of gold. It regulated the value and how much gold that uh, represented $10. How much silver represented $1, which is 371.25 grains of uh, pure silver, and I think it's 417 grains of standard silver. It's $1, according to the Coinage Act of 1792, the Constitution of the United States of, of America, this usurping government that came to my ancestors' land, took their land, enslaved, murdered, pillaged, cannibalized, etc., etc., etc. Now that you're here, you won't. You're still yet doing what you do. There's no rest here in America. You you don't thrive in America. You just strive to survive. Hopefully, your grandparents had left you something. Hopefully, your mother or father have left you something. And that little bit that they left, you, you got to strive and, and 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 to survive to keep it. We're not thriving, we're striving to survive. More to discuss. This concludes another episode of Against the Fed. I'm your host, Victor E. Cooper.